talking about Orange is the New Black with you all today. But before we get any further into our analysis, we need to do some introductions. To my left, ma'am, if you would. My name's Alexander Bohannon, and I guess now would be a bad time to say hi, huh? <laughs> it's a perfect time, actually. Uh, further to the left, if you would, sir. My name is Dalton Stewart, and I tell you what, Dustin, these inmates, they, they love me. They can't help themselves. They hate me, but they want it. It's fucking pheromones, man. It's that man musk, that isn't man it? That man musk coming all musky. That's a problem. <laughs> Ew, I don't want to think about Dalton's man musk. <laughs> no, no one else does either. Across the tables, deliver us from evil, please. I am Arthur Gordon, and why would anyone want to give up being a man? It's like winning the lottery and then giving away the ticket. <laughs> well, that, that was said in the movie. Um, and across the table to my right, if you would, sir. I'm Caleb Masters, and I have returned yet again to talk about OJ is the new Dark. Very, very good. Thank you very much. My name is Dustin Sells, and as I look around this table, I see a lot of missed opportunities for cradle death. But um, that monster. That's right. Uh, that being said, um, we're very glad to be here and doing some analysis on Orange is the New Black. And uh, we want to warn you, dear listener, this is not a review show. Um, we're not going to be reviewing the show. Um, I think we're all going to agree that it's fairly good. But we do analysis here, and that means there's going to be spoilers. So if you haven't seen the show, you may want to pause recording uh, until time uh, upon which you are able to consider what we say and uh, based on your own viewing. So that being said, let's begin with a synopsis from The Voice of the Cinema. Mr. Arthur Gordon, if you would, sir. The story of Piper Chapman. A woman in her 30s who is sentenced to 15 months in prison after being convicted of a decade-old crime of transporting money for her drug-dealing girlfriend. That's an apt summary. I think that's exactly what happens. Statute of limitations, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, man, it is. It's a bad deal. So uh, we're going to move on now and uh, do our quick thumbs-up, thumbs-down review, just what we think of the show. I ask you first, Mr. Caleb Masters, what say you? Orange of the New Black is probably, you know, it gets overshadowed a lot by, I think, House of Cards on Netflix uh, because that is like the flagship mm -hmm. show. But I actually think Orange of the New Black is better. And I think it's better because it's doing something that HBO, Showtime, uh, Cinemax, all those great shows aren't doing. And they're exploring uh, a, another realm of uh, female. Well, in, in this dawn of TV antiheroes, of TV male, white male antiheroes, more specifically, it is so different from that as to not even be in the, diff the same ballpark. I mean, it is a completely different subject matter, and I think I agree with Caleb. It's all the better for it because it's doing something different. Yeah, it's something unlike you're going to see on any of the networks, at least as of right now, and uh, because you've got like a female lead, and it's not even like a stereotypical Sigourney Weaver and Aliens female lead. This is a totally different type of character that we don't even see in movies usually. Uh, she's lesbian, yes, she's white, but she's not your atypical like lesbian heroine, right? Or Sorry, <laughs> white heroine, right? Well, she's, I mean, clearly bisexual, but yeah, 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 right on. Well, bisexual, well. excuse me, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think this is a great show. Production value is really great. And what, the thing I like about it is it uh, really implements flashbacks in a way that I hadn't seen since Lost, in a way I think I think really makes this show something really, really special. If you didn't know, dear listener, Caleb loves the flashbacks from Lost. He, he really, really loves them. But thank you very much, Mr. Caleb Masters. Mr. Dalton Stewart, what say you? Orange is the New Black is the best TV show about women now and maybe ever, potentially. Um I can't think of another series that has ever had 
this predominantly a female cast, um, and that's something you get a lot with uh, in terms of TV shows about men. You get a lot of big dude casts, not a lot of the uh, big female casts. And not only are they all women, they're also extremely diverse, which I think is very valuable um, because we get to see a lot of different stories uh, about women and about womanhood. Um, and not to mention all the other things it has to say about the criminal justice system and, you know, sociopolitical issues. Uh, it's also really good and funny and interesting and um, well-written and character arcs that go places. Uh, and it's just a really entertaining show, but is also saying something interesting about a lot of different things, which I really appreciate. Uh, there's so many great characters. Red, uh, one of the standouts in the three episodes we're technically reviewing, although I've you know seen all of the two seasons that exist of the show currently. Uh, Red's such a great character. Uh, Kate Mulgrew is, is so good on this show. Um, from top to bottom, the cast is just aces. Um, and they really do a good job of expanding that initial um, entourage of actors. What's the word I'm looking for? Ensemble. Jeez, thank you. Uh, they do a really good job of expanding that initial ensemble. The longer the show goes on, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And these side characters, you're like, well, that's kind of an interesting character. They get their own time to shine. Uh, Pusey, we were talking off. Uh, Air is a character that's really just kind of in the background in the first three episodes, and by season two, she's a major player. I mean, she has huge, you know, B-plots dedicated to her, and I just really love the show. I'm glad you picked it, Arthur, as, as your pick for a TV marathon. I, I was happy to watch it again. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Mr. Arthur Gordon, picker of the series, uh, what say you? Do you like this show? I love this show. It was a great treat. Um, I think it's got great writing. I'm pretty much just going to echo everything that's already been said because the acting is top notch, uh, the writing is top notch. I love all of the subplots and the sub for the side characters, I should say. <clears throat> and uh, there's a lot here to enjoy. The storytelling, um, as Caleb was saying, the the flashbacks and the use of that to tell the backstories and to set everything up without just giving this whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unnecessary detours, I, I, I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they do a really good job of padding the characters out and making them fully fleshed out characters, but they don't force them to have, like, moments in prison that wouldn't make sense for these inmates to have together. You get to see what they were like outside of prison, which kind of makes them a fuller person. You get to understand them without shoehorning, you know, in stories of, you know, shoehorning in monologues about, well, this is what happened to me, which would be really dumb. Uh, instead, we get, you know, these flashbacks that really go a long way to furthering both plot and character. Yeah. So I, I think it's very well constructed. It's very enjoyable. I, I figured going in I would I would like it and I'd probably um be interested in it. But I just flat out loved it and, and actually went through and binge watched both seasons in about three days. And so I like a boss. That's yeah, impressive. I uh, I finished it because it's it's good. It's that good. Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Miss Alexandra Bohannon, what say you do you like it or not? I like it. It's good. It's witty. It's smart. It's fun having a TV show that, like Dalton said, is about female characters and femaleness. I mean, you can't really escape from it. But I would like to point out that all of my fellow co-hosts are male, and they love the show, and nobody has mentioned any of the intense physicality. So that's not the reason why a bunch of guys like this show. Um, but it's really refreshing to see that. Oh, oh, you mean the oh the hot stuff? <laughs> oh, I didn't think. I was like, what do you mean by intense physicality? <laughs> intense physicality. It's okay. a little sexy. Sexy stuff. Gotcha. Sexy okay. stuff. Yeah. I have to a quick little anecdote. I was I've been moving, and so I didn't have internet, and so I sat down to watch this. I had to watch it at my mom's house and with my mom, and like the second. Oh my. She, I didn't know that there were lots yeah, of tits. It, it, and it, right away. And right away. Well, and that's the thing. It's it's almost like the show is like, hey, look, we got tits over here. And then they're gone. Like, just in that first, like, ten minutes of the first episode. Yeah. And then that's not really that much of the show. Shower scenes. And, yeah, the, I mean. Really, the first episode is front-loaded with that kind of, hey, look at this stuff we got over here, hey. And then, you know, it kind of drops all of that pretense of being an HBOE, showtime type show. It's like right. this image of Sylvester Stallone huckstering out on 42nd Street right now. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dalton, for that. You're welcome. Right. And, and so that it's really, I know that's, you know, that's not a pull for people to like this show. And so the fact that a bunch of, of guys find it intriguing to watch a show about women, I think that's like a, 
you know, going to set the standard for future development of media, that it's like telling a woman's story and women's stories, and it's not... And I don't actually have to talk to one. Yeah, and... (laughs) Okay, well, I wasn't going to say anything like that. I don't know why I said that. All right, well, um, there's a joke in there somewhere, but I'll just move right along. (laughs) And so it's really nice to see that, and I think that the more and more companies will see that series that do this are successful we'll get more and more of these you know maybe we'll get that wonder woman movie or are we going to get that wonder Woman? i movie? haven't heard yet but i'd love to see it happen actually the wonder woman movie has been announced and it's going to be starring uh what's her name from uh the fast gail gal Gadot. Yeah, yeah, there Gal-Gadot. we go and uh front runner for directors is michelle mclaren of breaking bad and game of thrones fame yeah she's so directed some uh, good episodes Colon, Dawn of Justice. It could happen. That's that's great. And so I think that's a setting the standard. Um, all the other, you know, things you can critique a show on, the pacing, the writing, the, the shooting, all of them have been given accolades and for good reason. Everyone on the cast says how good they are, and that is an accurate statement. Um, everyone's good. I mean, it's just a good show, and sometimes it's hard whenever you have such a quality thing to pick out oh, who's the most exemplary characters, especially while I know the show does focus on Piper. It feels it does have that ensemble feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really and that's really good. So if we're going to give – do we give ratings now? You can want? if you want, or we can do it later. Well, I'm going to give this show four made-for-TV t- titties out of five. <laughs> very, very nicely done. Well played. I give it a five Egg McMuffins out of five. No, you know, I don't like sausage on my breakfast sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go ahead and give a rating, Arthur? I'll, I'll give it seven and a half porn stashes out of seven and a half. Uh, and uh, let's go, I don't know, uh, eight pairs of shower shoes uh, out of uh, nine. Well, very good, very good. Well, my quick review before I give my rating, I guess, would be that I just I like it a lot also. I mean, I, I joined the unanimity around the table. Uh, to say that, and and really, as Alex was talking about how it begins uh, very, very, um, you know, trying to touch you in a visceral sort of place um, with the film. They it, were touching in lots of visceral places. <laughs> <laughs> you know, titillation um, is um, got some sort of onomatopoeia going on there with it. Is all I want to say there. Uh, but what ha- what really seized me and really made me interested in the show was Namaste the moment when Yoga Jones Yoga shows. Jones and i thought oh this is interesting now and uh, this this conversation about mandalas and i thought all right i'm in and, uh, and and from that point on, I, I've been in for the show. The, the, I mean, I haven't watched nearly as much as Arthur because I have you know commitments and a life, and I don't live on a couch. But oh, it's um, not actually true. And uh, so I was unable to do that. But I'm definitely wanting to power through uh, much more of the show because um, yeah, I really really like it a a lot. I mean, just a lot. And <laughs> Arthur has been fashioning Shanks um, the entirety of the uh, the show, and uh, I don't know who's going to live to the end. Um, if only we. Had had a porn stash to give us a uh, a teaching uh, yeah. seminar the, on the weapons. Toothbrush with the razor blade. So funny. <laughs> but um, to rate the show, I would give it probably nine. Um, you know, devil talking to bathroom stalls out of a possible <laughs> ten, and uh, yeah, devil talking boo. to boo, um, uh, or perhaps cell phone. But oh, spoiler alert! Moving on. Uh, we're gonna do what we do now, dear listener. We're going to do some analysis. And uh, we're going to bring that analysis at this point. So without any further ado, Mr. Dalton Stewart, what analysis bring you? Well, I want to talk about something that I don't think I've talked about uh, ever before on the show. And it's just kind of a general sociological concept. Uh, it's called uh, Matrix, the Matrix of Domination. Uh, it's an idea that was put forth by Patricia Hill Collins. It's not that movie we saw. No, it's not that one. It's kind of about that. A little bit. Um, Patricia Hill Collins is, is a really prominent um, – Sociologist, uh, sociologist, and very well published. She's president of the American Sociological Association, um, the hundredth president of, it, I think. Yeah, I mean, she's she's a big deal. Um, so she put forth this idea called Matrixes of Domination, which basically um, c- can be summed up as as saying you can't look at any one thing when you're looking at 
issues that someone's going to be oppressed through. Um, oppression takes different forms for different people. Uh, black men have a different experience than black women. White men have a different experience than white women. Black and white women have different experiences. Now, as I'm sure you can tell where I'm going with this, we see women who are about as oppressed as you can be because they are imprisoned. They are being actively oppressed on a daily basis because they are uh, incarcerated in the American criminal justice system. Um, so what I really appreciate about um, Orange is the New Black is that it gives us a lens to view society that we don't get very often, uh, and it's these female voices we don't see in film or television very often. You know, we have a, a black transgendered woman. Uh, we have, you know, uh, later on in the show, we, we have a white meth addict. Um, we have uh, Piper, who is this, you know, upper middle class yuppie. We have Red, who is an immigrant. We have a whole host of, you know, Pusey and Tasty and um, can't, uh, Crazy Eyes and, and all these other really great uh, black characters. Uh, and then we have, <laughs> I love that they call the, the, the Hispanic dorm Spanish Harlem. I don't know why. It just always was amusing to me. Um, you know, the, those characters. Uh, and we just have all these different experiences that we're getting to see. And I think that's so valuable because what Patricia Hill Collins w would say is, or at least what her writings kind of cover is, you know, this idea that you can't just look at one any one aspect of someone's life to really know who they are and know how society is going to treat them. You have to look at how old they are. You have to look at their religion, their sexual orientation, all these things that come together for how society views them and unfortunately how society negatively views them more often than not um, to know how society is going to treat people. You have to look at all these aspects, and that's something that we get with Orange is the New Black is we get, yes, it's a show about women, but it's a show about all different kinds of women, uh, racially, sexually speaking, age-wise. I mean, you've, you've got uh, Miss Claudette, I mean, who is one of the older people in the prison. Uh, guys, I love this show, mm -hmm. uh, and part of it is the fact that it speaks to this matrix of domination. It's not something, you know, we get a lot of. In TV, we don't have a lot of diversity in television. We have more and more as the years go on. Um, but I, I feel like we get better with race. But, you know, telling a lot of different uh, people's stories at once is something we struggle with. We'll have, you know, shows with predominantly black casts. We'll have shows with predominantly female casts. We don't have a lot of overlap, though. And, again, what Orange is the New Black does so well is present you a prison that actually looks like what America looks like. It is diverse. It is different. There are lots of people with lots of different experiences, and we get to understand those experiences by these flashbacks, by what's going on during in the prison, how they're treated uh, by the guards and the um, you know the wardens of the prison, how they treat each other, and that's something I think is really valuable about Orange Is the New Black. And uh, Patricia Hill Collins, uh, you should look into her writings because she's a real smart lady. Uh, and she's written a lot of cool things. And also, she's a black woman. So, obviously, that probably had a lot to do with her being like, hey, wake up, people. There's more going on here than race and gender. We need to look at a lot of different things to understand how people are being treated by society. What? One love. One love. One love. One love. Thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Stewart, for that fine analysis. Miss Alexandra Bohannon, what say you? I would like to bring to the table a piece of analysis that really takes a lot of its chops from that first episode. And it is really interesting to me to see a portrayal of a female, and there is this questioning of her sexuality constantly throughout. And one thing that really got me on this train of analysis was when she's explaining to either her relatives or his relatives well there's a bunch of old people all in the same room and she said you know you're a lesbian and she's like no i was a lesbian i'm like wait a minute okay hold on here just like, like there's this very very important need to clarify yeah I just find it really interesting because everyone's just so caught up into, well, 
she she isn't a lesbian anymore so she's completely heterosexual heteronormative etc and i think people forget that you know gender and sexuality is definitely on a binary uh, not a binary but a gradient not so much this binary thing the exact opposite of a binary yeah right i was i flip-flopped my words (laughs) So whenever I, and I purpose, I did this on purpose. I only limited myself to the episodes because I wanted to see if this is legitimately what happens. Because my prediction was after watching our bit was that throughout the rest of the show, she's going to be dealing with the fact that while she is kind of making herself fit into that hetero mold after she was a crazy artist, but now she's quote back to normal, you know, back to being a a wasp and, you know, engaged to kind of a, a white bread fiance and everything. My prediction is that throughout the rest of at least the first season uh, and more, especially with the reveal of Alex at the end of season one, that she's going to be struggling with those deals of am i or am i not you are correct okay spoiler alert well this we're in spoiler spoiler town right now very vague terms yes that is a reoccurring theme for piper's character yeah and i think the portrayal of the criminal justice system is also treated in this equally harsh binary as well we have piper who is confirmed as guilty but is she really guilty the crime she committed was so long ago and she wasn't really in the situation and she was doing it for a friend but there's no flexibility there just how the viewer and piper herself is dealing with the the fact that she feels there's no flexibility in her own sexuality Excellent, excellent. Thank you very, very much, uh, Ms. Alexandra Bohannon. And it actually ties into some of the things that I want to talk about because I want to put on my um, Dwight D. Eisenhower stars and uh, warn you about yet another industrial complex, and that is the prison industrial complex. Hell yeah. And uh, and so, you know, I'm getting a little sociological, so Dalton, by all means, correct me. Um, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Nah, uh, I probably will. <laughs> he will but, enjoy it, too. But um, just you know, to initially you know, begin the conversation, obviously this, this show is about uh, a person who goes to jail uh, for a drug crime, uh, mandatory minimums and all that sort of thing, and has to plead out in order to get a deal. And also uh, it's a situation where the statute of limitations was uh, 12 years for the crime, and uh, it was 10 years prior. So, For those of you not in the know, uh, statute of limitations is how long after you committed a crime can you be – uh, charged and convicted of said crime. Murder and rape have no statute of limitations. Petty larceny's got a limitation of like two years, I think. Um, mandatory minimum sentences are a nifty thing introduced in the 80s by the Reagan administration during their war on drugs that basically said if you are convicted uh, and charged with a crime that is drug-related, certain drug-related crimes carry what you would ex- – mandatory minimum sentences, which is fairly mm-hmm. self-explanatory, mm-hmm. but different drug crimes carry – a different mandatory sentencing for you. And so that's, you know, Piper's situation that she finds herself in. Which yeah. happens to a lot of people in the criminal justice system because if you take it to trial and lose, you're gambling a huge thing. It's much safer to just plead down and take a smaller conviction. Absolutely. And, of course, that's a sure thing for the district attorney. Yep. And uh, they, they do chalk up their wins and losses uh, more um, – more, uh, neurotically than college football coaches but that's a whole nother uh subject uh there boomer <laughs> moving right along uh, i go to the other school now i feel so oh sad but the sooners were you know they were thieves and in, in like the lore of oklahoma you know true that they were cheaters fucking cheaters it's not a good name for a mascot i'm just no, saying it's a terrible name but we need to move on. Um, now, here's another fun fact that since 1970, um, you know, the, the number of incarcerated inmates has uh, multiplied exponentially. We actually have uh, the most incarcerated um, human beings in our country per capita and in total number of any other country on the planet. The state of Oklahoma alone per capita incarcerates more women than anywhere else on the planet. Just the total. state of Oklahoma. So this show becomes very, very, you know, appropriate to times that we're experiencing right now. Now, the, the whole gist of the show, the way that the uh, the structure of, of the plot of, of the show is basically the fish-out-of-water comedy. That's, yeah. that's, that's precisely what it is because Piper does not belong in prison. 
Who belongs in prison? Black people who sell drugs. Uh, people in Spanish Harlem who sell drugs. Scary lesbian people who aren't on the who are on the fringes of society. Those are the people who belong in locked up, and they belong to be you know set aside from the rest of American society. Not that is nice sort of wasp shiskas. Exactly. And, and that's sort of the implied message of it is that she doesn't really belong there. And what it does is it actually begins to raise the question of who really does belong in prison and how many people need to be incarcerated in those prisons. And perhaps the numbers of those being incarcerated are well, well out of proportion, partially because prisons have become a really, really big business. Um, I once worked in a part of the world in which the CCA, which is the uh, well, one of the hugest, well, the hugest, excuse me, one of the largest um, prison companies. It's a, it's a privatized prison is now. Um, a and, lot of them are, yeah. And so it, it's a money making monster um, incarceration uh, of human beings, uh, of locking people down, taking away their freedom, uh, putting them in these little institutionalized situations where they are abused, where they are placed, you know, in, in fear for their life, they're hoarding, they, you know, watch out for the stealing, Morello warns uh, the very minute Piper gets on the bus. I love Morello. I do. I like her a lot. And all of those sorts of warnings are really kind of tied to this idea that these are these very, very scary, dangerous places, which by far disproportionately um, incarcerate people who are on sort of the margins of societies, uh, especially minorities, um, black and brown, sisters and brothers. And uh, it's a very, very tragic situation. Yeah, and it's really interesting that we do see this uh, transgender female in on in the spotlight very oh, prominently. Yeah, and that is – so fascinating because I read a statistic that transgender people in their prisons are disproportionately – well, they're disproportionately in prison, like 16% or 15% to, you know, this, like, 1%, 2%, which is – The actual general population. Yeah, the general right. population is, like, 2%, and prison yeah. population, it's huge. It's over 10 times. Right, and so it's not so much – it's more of like the situations that these people are marginalized within. It's not so much a commentary on, you know, transgender people, but mm -hmm. the minority thing that people are taken to jail basically because Matrix. they're a minority. Matrixes of domination, man. But what I would say about all of that is that it has become a big business, and that's part of why we continue to do this. We, we realize that um, this is um, retributive. You know, This is not rehabilitation that we're talking about. We're not actually helping the problems, fixing the problems with education, with housing, with uh, you know, uh, fighting poverty, illiteracy, and those other causes that actually bring about some of these criminal, criminal behaviors in people's lives. But um, not to get too crazy conspiracy theorist. You know, and I really don't want to get all room 237 on this, but it is strange to me that what we do is, you know, we criminalize being a criminal. I mean, you're, you're permanently criminalized. Once you apply for college mm -hmm. or any sort of job, you have to check yes or no. Have you ever been convicted of a felony? And uh, not only that, you're no longer allowed to vote. And uh, there are these Horse large shit. Hmm. Horse. I agree. Shit. I agree. That's that's all. And these large portions of the population, were they voting, uh, it might significantly change the timbre and tenor of our, our American discourse and uh, American public policy. And it begins to make me wonder the reason why we keep perpetuating this particular system is exactly to maintain matrices of power, as uh, Mr. Stewart was saying. And, uh, you know, again, to continue to marginalize uh, people, uh, you know, who don't exactly measure up to gender norms uh, of American society, as Alex was saying is that they're there so that we can keep them out and not only can we keep them out for the 18 to you know five 18 months to five years that they may be mm -hmm. in prison but that we can permanently stigmatize them so that they no longer have a voice that not only are they voiceless while they're in prison they're totally at the mercy of uh their their co's but they remain voiceless upon uh their release and i i can't but help but be that crazy wild-eyed conspiracy theorist at this point thinking there's something to that well and when you when you have you know, you take away such large groups of people's voice, you continue to hold up, you know, the the current voice of power, the status quo of power, uh, and who has the voice of power, which is consistently throughout all of human history, old rich white men, who are statistically the, some of the shittiest people that have ever lived. 
Absolutely. So what I want to say, dear listener, as you're watching the show, and it's great entertainment, is perhaps this is an opportunity to write your congressman and talk about mandatory minimums, talk about nonviolent drug offenders, talk about people who are being in prison uh, for way too long, for way too small of a crime, as opposed to, I don't know, people who wreck the entire economy and steal billions of dollars from us who never serve a single day, I'm just saying, um, uh, versus some kid who had half an ounce of marijuana in the back of his pocket, and uh, who is, again, usually brown or black. And well, I mean, you know, even if you want to make it about violent crime, kid flashes his piece at Seven Eleven and walks out with fifty bucks is going to do a lot more time than somebody that never pulled a gun and walked away with fifty million dollars. Right, and they did, and uh, two thousand eight is in history. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I, I get really, really fired up about this. So you know, write a congressman, do something about that, and let's talk about turning these folks loose. I mean, let's talk about you know a real kind of freedom uh, for these folks, and I think that's perhaps what the show is suggesting is not mere hours of entertainment uh, per episode, but perhaps to begin to bring about some sort of broader sociological change. Freedom, 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 sometimes I feel like I'm Thank you, everyone, for that brilliant bit of analysis. Um, I, I'm really, really excited to hear what our dear listeners think about what we've said so far. I've and got we'll a pretty give, good idea what they might say. They, well, what would they say? I imagine they'd say that nowhere in our incoherent ramblings did we ever approach anything resembling a coherent response uh, and that they would award us no points. And uh, every listener of the show is now dumber for having listened to us uh, and that – Hopefully God will have mercy on our souls. Yeah, likely he will not. But that's probably accurate. As I to, imagine that's what our listeners always say at, after they hear us. At least something like that. I get the suspicion that that is exactly the thought that they all have directly following. But we move on now uh, to a uh, special time in our show where we're giving a verdict. Where we're going to make a verdict of shelf or trash. And we're going to recommend our else's or instead's. We're going to move around the table and uh, and do that uh, right now. So, Miss Alexander Bohannon, what do you say? Shelf or trash, else or instead? Oh, this is shelf-worthy, definitely. Although, ironically, stream it is probably how yeah. everyone's going to well, watch it. That's your only option. I don't think it exists in physical form. Oh, and, I mean, at least first season has a DVD, I'm sure. Oh, okay. All the House of Cards, yeah. Yeah. So, I had no idea. Um, stream it, but also take into consideration that I'm shelving this in the metaphorical sense. Um, my else's that would work for this film would be Breaking Bad because we have drugs plus issues regarding, you know, minorities being marginalized and in these societies where you're kept down and there's all kinds of batty people <laughs> that there there are. And then I would also recommend your next uh, film we watch for Shocktober just because of the dang waspiness of everyone. And that's the only thing I could think of when I was watching Piper interact with about anyone on screen was that movie and how waspy she is. It's a fair assessment. Thank you very much, Miss Alexander Bohan. And Mr. Arthur Gordon, what do you say? Shell for trash, else or instead? Well, like Alex said, I don't know if it's ever going to go off Netflix, so stream it but it is a shelfable show and if you don't have netflix definitely put it on the shelf um it's a great show i think this is the first show i've been emotionally evolved in uh for quite a while is that better mm-hmm. anyway this is a very good show i uh i say you watch this with um eddie murphy and martin lawrence's life nice from 1999 i would watch this with sons of anarchy um i'm reminded quite a bit of sons of anarchy because of all the different groups and groupings of peoples the blacks and uh, uh what is it uh spanish spanish harlem spanish harlem spanish yeah harlem. so uh that there and then i would also say arrested development which has some very good no touching prison <laughs> no touching i am having the time of my life michael and so <laughs> definitely watch that one with us as well Thank you very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Mr. Dalton Stewart, what do you say? Shell for trash, else or instead? Uh, yeah, obviously, you're probably not going to buy this because most people have Netflix at this point, I feel like, so it would be kind of silly to buy it. But, man, is it good. You should definitely watch it. Uh, recommended else viewing. I, I would say check out Jinji Kohan's uh, earlier show, uh, Weeds, which was on Showtime for too long. Uh, the first three seasons are really great. And, I mean, after three seasons, it's all on Netflix, so it's kind of hard not to watch it because it's all there. Um, but it, there's definitely a, a decrease in quality. But it, it addresses a lot of the same things. Um, it's more a show about family, 
Uh, but it is very much a show about a woman and about motherhood and about what we do, you know, for the people we love. Uh, but how we can let, you know, our own selfishness, uh, you know, be rationalized through love. Um, and also a very funny show and a interesting show that addresses crimes and drugs. Um, Weeds is a great show. I definitely recommend you check it out. Um, I would also say check out Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was my show, my pick for our last TV marathon, just because um, mostly I thought about it because it was w- one of the very first TV shows to address, um, you know, lesbian relationships. Uh, but also it's a show that is trying to shed light on the human experience and, you know, make you think about things in a way you haven't thought about them before. In that case, high school students and, and young people. Uh, and I would also recommend the show that we're going to do next week for my pick for TV, uh, which is uh, HBO's The Wire, because it is a show that also has, you know, big sociopolitical aspirations to say something interesting and really ad- address flaws in the criminal justice system. Excellent. Outstanding. Thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Mr. Caleb Masters, what say you? Shelf or trash? Else or instead? Uh, this is definitely a shelf, uh, you know, digital shelf at this point, right? I mean, I'm not even saying just stream this to Netflix. I'm sure there's other ways to, to there's other ways to pick up this show uh, elsewise. Definitely uh, one of the best shows, or no, the best show currently streaming on Netflix. So, so go check it out. Uh, smart, funny. Uh, and I would uh, recommend a couple other shows that came to mind, just thinking about other shows that are giving us uh, – female leads that are a lot more well-rounded and diving into the psyche of them, uh, like you do get in Orange is the New Black, would be Orphan Black, uh, which is a BBC original series. It's a sci-fi, so it's definitely not quite in the same wheelhouse as Orange is the New Black, but if you're looking at something that's going to delve into how do, how do they, where does someone come from, how do they think, and how are they going to adapt to the, the, the world there, all of a sudden a fish out of water there tossing this, this unknown world, that's a great show. And the other, uh, this one's a long shot, trust me on this one, trust me on this one. Uh, the Legend of Korra is a great um, animated show. That Heck yeah. Does not get enough love out there at all by anyone. But no, it you doesn't. You want to talk about incredible, incredible writing, uh, incredible uh, lead character, and also dealing with socioeconomics like crazy. And I, it blows my mind that more people aren't talking about that show. Do I need to watch The Last Airbender to be able to watch Korra? Uh, not necessarily. It's, it's, it's helped. There's a lot of great inside jokes, but you do not have to see it to get to, uh, to understand the, the, the storyline or the characters at okay. all. Okay. Thank you very much, Mr. Caleb Masters. I am also going to say shelf, also, you know, obviously a digital shelf uh, for for that purposes. My else's, um, my recommendations for that, I'm only going to recommend one. There's been great things been said. Oh, wait, no one has said the Shawshank Redemption at this point, I don't believe. No. And so, yes, that would be one of my else's because, you know, prison movies and redemption and wonderful and all of that. And uh, Andy Dufresne, he was your friend, was he? I was just going to say, you got to get busy living or get busy dying. That's right. Because I'm saying that later. Yeah, so, so excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, but um, I also am going to recommend, because this is not exploitation uh, cinema, that we're, or rather television, that we're looking at here with Orange is the New Black. And just so you would know that, I think you ought to take a look at The Big Bird Cage, which is a 1970s uh, women in prison exploitation film. Uh, it was streaming on Netflix um, not very long ago. I'm not sure that it still is. There may be other entries in that particular genre. Yeah, that was a genre, dear listener. Women in Cages. It was a thing, and so and there was lots of showering scenes. That was a thing, and that's why the show opens as it does, and then drops the theme um, pretty pretty summarily. Uh, there, it, there are uh, more occasions where things happen in there, but it's not at all like what we see in those particular films. And it's good medicine for your soul if you feel somehow scandalized and realize, no, this is actually a drastic improvement that we're experiencing here. So those are my recommends. Let's move on now and uh, give the dear listener the opportunity to participate in the conversation via this thing called feedback that we receive via those magical means that we all know as social media and uh, we're going to begin with uh, Mr. Arthur Gordon if you would do you have any feedback coming in and where would we be located for a conversation oh uh, first you could email us good trash genrecast at gmail.com uh, you could also find us on Facebook facebook.com forward slash good trash genrecast one word we don't have a lot of feedback coming in this week uh, we got a couple new likes and uh, some different views and things like that so people are checking us out uh, but they're not talking to us and we just want to talk We're lonely. Please talk to us. There's actually only one person doing the show, and they're doing five different voices right now. So, I mean, we need somebody to talk to. And it's definitely Dalton. 
Obviously, it's <laughs> Dalton. <laughs> I know you're very impressed by the fact that it just generated four different laughs. I'm a very talented voice actor. He can even talk can over layer. himself. It's he's amazing. He's also a very good sound editor because he's layering tracks right now to do this. So. I'm, there's a lot of work goes into my delusion. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Mr. Dalton Stewart, the real one. Um, if you would, sir, tell us about a social media means and uh, uh, what feedback we might have coming from it. I've always loved tweeting. I love retweets. I love favorites. Social media is my happy place. Was my happy place. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find the Good Trash Genre Cast on Twitter at good underscore trash. Thank you very much for that. Do we have any feedback coming in from the Twitsy Twitter? Uh, the only thing that we have was uh, Caleb saying, hey, uh, you guys are doing The Wire. Can I be on? And uh, that's why he's in this room because we're doing two shows and I do to inclement weather. So uh, that was it, though. Um, Nothing. A lot of new followers. I will say that. Uh, but nice. a lot of re- a lot of retweets. A lot of favorites. Give uh, us your best bot that we've got following us. Oh, <laughs> bot of the week. You, bot of the week. You know I love to. Um, my favorite new bot that we have is the Florida Vitamin Store, which is at <laughs> Fleur, Fleur Vitamin Store. Hashtag award winning. Hashtag vitamin and hashtag supplement store. Specialty. Hashtag health food store. Gym gear. Hashtag fitness lover. Well, that's excellent. I'm sure they can get you all the pa- powdered deer antler that you need, Dalton. Yeah, I, well, I need that whey protein. i got to back myself up. Well, <laughs> well, thank you uh, very much for that, uh, and thank you for that feedback. Dear listener, we want to let you know that we're um, r- ramping up towards our ratings palooza, and we're the only podcast that's asking you the week that you're listening to not go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes. We want you to wait. Between episodes numbers 99 and 100, number 100 is going to be a great special episode, and you definitely want to hear that. But between them on that week, we definitely, definitely, definitely want you to uh, give us a rating that week. That way they all come in at once. It changes the algorithm, and it gets us on the new and noteworthy, perhaps, and it gets more exposure so that more people are having the conversation as – Arthur Gordon was so lonelyly explaining to us all, we just want someone to talk to us, and this may give more opportunities for that to take place. So please, please do that for us. We really, really appreciate it. But enough talking about this, guys. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. This week's game is our favorite screen prisoners. That's right, favorite screen prisoners, brought to you by Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black. When you're a screen prisoner, it helps to have them TV titties. <laughs> it certainly does. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Thank you. For that. Why don't... I'm so sorry for your life. <laughs> Those headphones. <laughs> Dalton, why don't you go ahead and open us up with our favorite um, cinematic or television prisoners. Well, uh, we already alluded to this, Dustin, but one of my all-time favorites is somebody that I knew I'd like right away. It's Andy Dufresne from Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Tim Robbins, in, in red as well. Uh, interestingly, there's two. There's a red in Orange is the New Black and a red in that, and they both help you get stuff on the inside. True that. I, I really like that movie a lot. You know, I, I know men of a certain age really like that movie a lot, and it's become quite popular over the last twenty years since its initial release. But it's so good. Uh, you know, it, it's great. It, it's it, it's definitely a dude cry movie. I like it a lot though. And Andy Dufresne and Red are, are, are very awesome prisoners. Uh, also, a big fan of Tom Hardy as Bronson in Bronson, um, one of the probably more surreal prison films that there is. Um, but he's great in that movie. Man, is he good. Uh, I'm also a big fan of Ulysses Everett McGill, um, a.k.a. George Clooney and Oh Brother Where Art Thou, because much like him, I am a Dapper Dan man. I don't want fuck, God damn it. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Ms. Alexandra Bohannon, who are your favorite prisoner picks? I've got a couple, and they're pretty, uh, pretty different, I must say. One is our George Michael, George Michael Sr. No, is it? It's just straight George Bluth. Yeah, George Bluth from Arrested Development. Um, he definitely gives, you know, we've already discussed his, this show being parallel kind of to Orange is the New Black. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely some similar tonal elements in. No touching. Yes. And um, another favorite prisoner in a totally different way in Realm is uh, Sirius Black from Harry Potter and 
company, you know, the whole show, <laughs> He's the whole series. Azkaban. The titular prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Yes. That was a good pick. Exactly. So good. Gary Oldman. Perfect. Thank Gary you. Oldman is amazing. Thank you very much, Miss Alexandra Bohannon. Mr. Caleb Masters, what is your pick? Kneel before Zod. <laughs> the Phantom Zone. I mean, Terrence Stamp, Phantom Zone was trapped there for years, years, and it was such great, a great setup because we saw him as a prisoner first, right, in the first movie, and then set up for a sequel. It was great. Uh, I also want to go with Hiltz, the Cooler King. That's right, Steve McQueen from The Great Escape, the classic. Love that movie. Oh, good pick. And then lastly, I want to go with uh, Teddy Daniels, a.k.a. Leo from Shutter Island. Nice. He nice. is a prisoner, not only on the island, but in his own mind. Nice. Good I pick. I like it very much. Ooh, and these are good picks. Thank you very much, Mr. Caleb Masters. Mr. Arthur Gordon, what picks have you? I would say Dr. Richard Kimball from The Fugitive, the wrongly accused doctor searching for the one-armed man. I don't care. <laughs> is a great character portrayed by a great actor, Mr. Harrison Ford. I would say Hannibal, the cannibal Lecter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Portrayed by four actors over five movies in a TV series. Uh, it's just a lot of fun uh, with one of the best escapes from prison ever uh, in Silence of the Lambs and brought to new heights by Mr. Mads Mickelson on NBC's Hannibal. And also we can thank that prison escape for the immortal line, it's Jim Pember, now talk to him, damn it. <laughs> so funny. That one's for you, Nick Sanford. <laughs> and finally, I would say from television – uh, the one and only sideshow Bob from The Simpsons. Oh, nice. Good pick. Oh, that's good. Voiced by Mr. Kelsey Grammer and has a lot of fun over the 20-odd years that that show has been on the air. And so those are my picks. Thank you very, very much. Oh. I will move through my picks quite quickly. And uh, first of all, I want to just name Clint Eastwood as uh, one of the Alcatraz escapees in the titular Escape from Alcatraz because it's Clint Eastwood and he's breaking out Alcatraz. It's awesome. Um, I'm also going to name Edmund Domtes, played by Jesus in The Count of Monte Cristo, uh, Jim Caviezel. You know, oh, played. man. That, I was actually thinking Count of Monte Cristo, but I'm glad someone said it. Yeah, uh, I, I love that movie a lot. And, you know, he not only does he learn how to get out of prison in prison, but he learns how to get revenge on all of his enemies, and God will give him justice. And it's fantastic. And so it's a very, very fun time uh, to watch as a film. So those are my picks. Thank you, dear co-hosts, for your selections. It's very very, very fantastic stuff. Let's move on to the end of the show. Let's talk about what's got us fired up this week in pop culture. Mr. Dalton Stewart, are you fired up? I am. Um, this last week, I was lucky enough to get to go to the cinema twice and see uh, films that had had smaller releases but expanded wide enough to be in Oklahoma. Uh, the first of which was uh, that guy with a really hard-to-pronounce Spanish name, uh, his film Birdman, starring Michael Keaton. Which uh, I liked. I didn't. Uh, the, honestly, the more I thought about it, the less I liked it. Um, I think the film thinks it's more interesting than it actually is. That's too um, bad. But I really do like it a lot. I don't want to undersell it. It's really good. Uh, it's very well made. It's funny. Um, Edward Norton probably gives the best performance he's given in you know fifteen years. I mean, he's fantastic in it. Um, the film that I was probably as excited, maybe a little less excited, but walked away completely floored. Uh, was Whiplash, starring Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons, about uh, a young man who is uh, at a uh, prestigious music school. Um, he's a drummer, and he gets drafted into J.K. Simmons' jazz band that is a very prestigious uh, jazz band and award-winning at the school and uh, is put through the ringer by J.K. Simmons, who is an absolutely just brutal uh, um, mentor mm. um, and just emotionally and sometimes physically berates uh, the young men in his band. Um, very interesting film about, you know, the high price for perfection. Um, I liked it a lot. It's very good. It's very funny in a very dark way. J.K. Simmons says the line, if you were deliberately trying to sabotage my band, I will fuck you like a pig. So, wow. Yeah, that pretty well sets the tone for the movie. J.K. Simmons, though, is really, he has some, I mean, he has a lot of fun, blowy up, explosion, loud, shouty, funny moments, but he also has some really kind of understated moments in the film that are, are quite good. Miles Teller just continues to impress. I like him a lot. I've liked him in Spectacular Now and uh, everything I've seen him in, so do that. Watch that those movies because they were awesome. Very good. Thank you very much. Mr. Arthur Gordon, are you fired up this week? I am. It is one time for one of my annual shills as uh, the Criterion Collection is 50% off yes. at Barnes & Noble, including... Uh, their art house collection, which at Barnes & Noble means anything independent or foreign uh, for those uh, wanting to know. And so uh, that's a lot of fun. 
I picked up Ace in the Hole, uh, Billy Wilder's classic, uh, starring Kirk Douglas. I also picked up uh, the recently re- recently released uh, It Happened One Night, starring Clark Gable, uh, Frank Capra, uh, the first film and one of only three films to win the top five uh, Academy Awards. And so uh, it's a really good film and, and very enjoyable. And then I also shelved a couple of other movies uh, this week. I picked up 12 Years a Slave and Slumdog Millionaire and Groundhog Day, which is a lot of fun. So One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> thank, thank you very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Ms. Alexandra Bohannon, uh, what say you? Are you fired up this week? I am fired up about two things, one of which is Dota. They released a new patch, and it's really exciting. New hero. Of course you they are. They rebalanced some stuff. Hey, it's okay. I'm fired up about it. You can't finch or rule my Dota. Dalton, <laughs> I just want to say that. You can't. It's pop culture time. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, so it's exciting. Um, there's drama, but Valve seems to be creeping on the Dota subreddit, which is uh, so they're like updating stuff that everyone's complaining about. Okay, so things that you might understand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my my new roommate and I, because I live in Norman now, we moved. Woo! Yeah, um, we uh, we just did a rewatch of because we have been without internet gas for an entire week um, <laughs> until the Cox wow. came out, guy came out today. So we uh, w- did a rewatch of Orin High School Host Club, which is an anime that is extremely silly. And uh, it is maybe one of the silliest animes out there, but it's very meta and it's pretty funny as well. So um, I'm pretty fired up about that and considering watching the live action version, but I, but I know the live action versions of many animes are pretty, pretty bad. Like, I heard Sailor Moons was terrible. You're such a precious nerd. (laughs) I am a precious nerd. Thank you. Sailor Moon movie. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, thank you very much, Miss Bohannon. Mr. Caleb Masters, are you fired up this week? Uh, I I am uh, on a couple things. Uh, Number one, as we record this show today, Friday, the 21st of November, Super Smash Brothers Brawl, sorry, Super Smash Brothers on the Wii U was released, which in the video game world is is a. rocking my foundation as a Nintendo fan. <laughs> I, no joke. I, I made some of the best friends I ever made in high school and in college playing Super Smash Brothers. So Aww. I don't have a Wii U. Um, I'm going to get one, but I, I, it's it's really ex- exciting to get that every six or seven years. You get a new entry into a franchise that means so much to me. And all it is is a bunch of freaking Nintendo mascots beating the crap out of each other. That's literally all it is. And it's fabulous. I mean, it's up to eight characters on a screen now. Oh, oh my I'm god! So it's so I can't crazy. Wait to play it. Uh, and uh, along with the release, they're releasing these things called amiibos. I'm not going to get into that. Just think Nintendo action figures. The the, the action figures that my inner four year old never got to have. I went and picked up three of them today. So uh, yeah, um, I heard they're of a really good quality as opposed to other m- Nintendo merchandising over the past. You know, twenty years. They're a little more. They're 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 a little more detailed. We'll talk more after the show. Okay, yeah, uh, we'll talk. Uh, the other thing I'm really fired up about, and, and this is actually kind of retroactively something that's uh, really been sitting with me for about a, about a month now, is I uh, read Roger Ebert's Life Itself. Mm. Uh, saw oh, the movie, oh, that sounds good. Saw the wow. movie, the documentary in uh, July. Which, by the way, go see if you if you have any interest, not just in uh, film criticism, but and if you've ever read anything by this by you know this phenomenal writer, go see the movie. It's uh more about his life than his career. Same with the book. And w- what I found in the book was a man reflecting in his final days, reflecting on the meaning of his own life. Wow. And uh, guys, I gotta, I'm not gonna lie, I was moved to tears more than a couple times. Like this, one of the most articulate men I've ever read. He's able to write his thoughts and emotions down so clear and concise, and just it, it just hit me. I mean, and when I when I finished the book, I wasn't like, well, that was a great film critic. I mean, he was a great film critic but this is a we really lost one of the greats we lost a great human being that day uh, sure. when he passed and um i if you're any remotely interested i would definitely check out the documentary and go read the book uh it's it's uh first person from his perspective so you're actually getting full memo- memoirs and man i'm telling you punch to the gut this guy was a great human being and uh, the world is a sadder place without him Thank you very much, and yeah, we do definitely miss you, Roger. It's hard to rate movies anymore because you took all the stars. But let's move on, and uh, let's talk uh, about what's got me fired up this week in pop culture. What's that? Um, I finally powered through House of Cards. Oh, finally. Yeah. How about that second season, right? Yeah. No, no spoilers. I haven't seen the second season. Uh, well, I'm not going to spoil it at all, but I, what I want to say is this. you know, I heard the critique that it gets a little soapy, and it does. I mean, there's a little bit of the 
this, you know, I want the intertwining soap. and intertangled relationship sort of stuff that goes on, and that, that that's accurate. But um, the Machiavellian machinations are ramped up to such a level yeah. that I don't care. It makes me so happy to watch. Yeah. And I, and How I, about I, the last shot of that, that season, oh right? Oh, man, I, absolutely. That, pretty that, cool. That ring wrap is something else. Yeah. And, uh, man. Uh, I just want to watch it now, but I have finals. <sighs> yeah, you, you reward yourself with this, and it is an adequate reward for completing finals. Um, so, anyway, uh, that's how I rewarded myself for graduating from my master's degree. So, I watched hey, kudos. a whole bunch of House of Cards. The other thing I'm really, really fired up about is a little Australian horror film called The Baba Duke. Baba Duke. Um, Baba Baba Duke Duke Duke, if you will, which is sort of the knock it makes when it comes to kill you. Yeah, and uh, it's it's been had it's had a lot of buzz for a while now. It, it stars my dog Gimli, and um, also it's true Gimli's in the in the movie. I mean, not Gimli himself, but a dog that looks like your dog. L- yeah, precisely like Gimli. Yeah, and um, anyway, that that's wonderful and also sad. I'll, you'll know more once mm-hmm. you watch the movie, and it's it's. As good and perhaps better than The Conjuring. It is genuinely scary. It is uh, a, as a movie about just a very few characters, a, a son that is, that is monstrous and difficult, but still a human being that's lovable and sweet at moments, like real children are. And there, th- this mother who is um, fraught with... Uh, Oh, she's grieving, and she's also having to deal with this difficult child. She's single, and I won't give away any details. But it was it was moving, and it was horrifying, not just for supernatural reasons. It was horrifying for very, very real-world kind of reasons. And it's probably the best horror film I've seen in half a decade. It's it's really How good. Do you, what's the title again? The Baba Duke. The Baba Duke. I definitely did not hear that. You need this movie in your life. And so I definitely said the Mama Duke, like, oh, and that only like came up Marmaduke. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, do check that out, uh, dear listener. You may have some homework after we've added the syllabus uh, this week with uh, good trash honor cast. And as you're going through that material or other material of your own choosing, have a conversation because it turns out the movies and screen entertainment and visual entertainment and novels and apparently video games are all about big questions about the big life issues about how we can live life more authentically, more truly, and more soulfully, and perhaps even with great love and sincerity with one another so uh, do that and in the meantime we'll oh we got to let you know though next week it's the wire it's already been said but i'll say it again next week it's the wire take a look at that and until then my pick i'm so excited we'll see you next time
Shine tells me good things are. 